The material contained in the following program is designed for informational purposes only. It is not intended to replace existing training policies or guidelines of individual law enforcement agencies. This is Stuff You Never Ever Learned at the Academy from In the Line of Duty. Hello, I'm Ron Barber. I'm calling this Stuff You Never Ever Learned at the Academy because that's what this podcast is all about. Not long ago, one of the great cops I have ever known told me that often the troops on his shift at the San Francisco PD have calls that are stacked 10 deep. As a sergeant, Adam Plantiga said it's up to individual officers to determine as best they can which calls to respond to first or, quite possibly, not at all. Ten calls deep, for God's sake. And that's just at the start of their shift. I'd imagine that is not an infrequent quandary for cops in busy districts and precincts in every metropolitan area of the country. By the end of their shifts, many calls just never get answered and fade away like so many fuzzballs billowing out of sight on a lovely spring day. Then it dawned on me how unbelievably many calls for police are total and complete bull jive. Take as one recent example the games people were playing with the Newport, Oregon PD, where they were admonishing 911 callers that we cannot bring you toilet paper. It's hard to believe that we even have to post this, Newport Police wrote on Facebook. Do not call 911 just because you ran out of toilet paper. You will survive without our assistance. The department went on to suggest several alternatives, some more possible in modern times than others. Or you can do what farmers did, use corn cobs or pages from the Farmer's Almanac. True enough, my 93-year-old aunt told me that in 1930s, rural Kansas, she and her sister, my late mother, had to resort to old catalog pages from Monkey Ward to clean their behinds. But that's only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to flat-out surreal emergency calls for police assistance. How about this one? The lady trying to call an ambulance because she opened a package from Amazon at home and was afraid that her kid was about to have a major allergic reaction from the packing peanuts. The kid was allergic to real peanuts, and when her kid mentioned what they were called, she freaked out. Or, I've been a police 911 operator for 15 years. I've had someone call 911 to find out how long to smoke a brisket. Mm. Or I'm a paramedic. Once, we had a young woman call 911 around 2 a.m. saying that her legs were turning blue. Well, it turns out she had worn a new pair of skinny jeans to the club that night. 
Cops and dispatchers have known it for years. The public can be a real challenge. Somebody's really drunk driving down Granton Road. Which way are they going? They are going... Um, towards Granton or towards Millsville? Towards Granton. Okay, are you behind them or...? No, I am them. You am them? Yes, I am them. Which is why I'm saying here and now, the coronavirus adventures are, in my ever humble opinion, going to change policing in America forevermore. Because departments from sea to shining sea are never again going to be doing business as usual. And the coronavirus is giving police a green light to introduce what will become a new law enforcement paradigm. From Pensacola to Portland, Oregon, Denver, Kansas City to Maine, it's becoming not to protect and serve, it's becoming, yes, we will protect, but serve, okay, but up to a point. Soon, and I am saying very soon, the public will need to forego 911 calls, not only because they're pissed off about a late pizza delivery or have a bleeding wart or scab they just picked, but also for old standbys like car thefts or car break-ins not in progress, identity theft, shed burglaries, minor situations that are over and do not require collection of evidence, granny's stolen rocking chair from the front porch, or junior's bike from the front lawn, and in some instances, crimes that indeed in years past would have brought cops or running, such as the Philly PD's decisions to delay arrests for all nonviolent crimes, including narcotics offenses, thefts, burglary, vandalism, prostitution, stolen cars, economic crimes such as bad checks and fraud, and any existing bench warrants. If an officer believes that releasing an offender would pose a threat to public safety, the officer will notify a supervisor who would decide whether the suspect should be held. Or Lansing, Michigan PD, where they will no longer send officers to larceny, malicious destruction of property, or retail frauds with no suspect or evidence, or where the value is under a thousand bucks. Attempted B&E of unoccupied buildings, including garages and foreclosed houses, fraud of unauthorized credit card use when the venue of the crime is outside Lansing, harassing communications, lost property, and it's just the tip of the iceberg.
Indeed, amidst coronavirus concerns, Denver police say they could stop making arrests and instead issue summons if their staff is greatly impacted or if there are problems at the jail, i.e. coronas. In San Jose, traditional briefings with upwards of 100 officers in the room, gone. Now, supervisors get briefed, then they meet their officers in the field for more one-on-one -on -one updates. In Maine, the Kennebec County SO announced only staff members, vendors, and lawyers with clients who are appearing in court via video will now be allowed into the Kennebec County Correctional Facility in Augusta. Work crews will be required to clean all county grounds, not just the jail. So the times they are a-changin' and the coronavirus has really goosed it. Cops will still be there when there are emergencies, real ones, but the definition of real emergencies is taking on some radical makeovers. We'd better believe it because it is in our faces. Anyone who longed for the days of old when the broken windows theory of policing was the rage will soon have nothing but yellowing articles in dog-eared scrapbooks. Is that a good thing? The jury is still way out. How will it work out when cops take only phone reports on low-level crimes, or more likely, take them online? If you're Sergeant Plantinga overseeing a half dozen cops on the night shift in one of San Francisco's busiest crime districts with calls stacked 10 deep, it's gotta be a godsend. If you're one of the six or seven calls out of ten that never get answered by a real-life cop, then it may well work the other way, right? Who would have ever thought a region of China, which no American had ever heard of until recently, would be the catapult for change we'd never before imagined? And it's still unfolding, isn't it? One thing we know for certain is that the handshake is going the way of the Tyrannosaurus Rex and the Kiwi. Make way, ladies and gentlemen, for the elbow bump. In this challenging time we live, you can get great training online and 24-7. Get immediate access to law enforcement's only reality-based online video training. Just visit us at lineofduty.com. Then click on the tab for free preview. It'll be the best investment in training you and your agency have ever made. And that's stuff you never, ever learned at the Academy. Thank you for listening. I'm Ron Barber.